there's a reporter who still is convinced I speak Spanish because he doesn't speak English. <laughs> You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with host Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 356 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm Stephen Seagraves, joined by Seth Miller and Fosma Mood. Hey, guys. Hello. Hail, hail. Hail, hail. The gang's all here. Yeah, yeah. How'd you, guys, while, how'd you like... guys get around get out around without me? We behaved relatively-ish. <laughs> <laughs> no complaints came in, but I'm not, I'm not sure if that's because people just stopped bothering to listen if you're not around or not. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, from, from what I read, Foz is smug and... <laughs> And I've got a smug sarcasm, which I don't even know what that means. I think that, I, I'd go with it, man. I, I think that's a badge, uh, yeah. <laughs> badge of pride to wear. <laughs> um, let's start off, I think, with the biggest news, I think, personally. Uh, maybe because it affects me, because I fly United. But let's talk about United's new routes that they announced. Uh, this happened, uh, when was this? Last Thursday. Thursday, Thursday night? Yeah. Last Thursday Wednesday. Uh, it, uh, yeah, sorry. The party was Wednesday. The actual announcement came out Thursday morning. And, and, and did they ever like explain the clues? They did. The they put community. out a whole video explaining the clues. So like Oscar's cameo as driving the tug or the yeah. little cart, his name was Maximilian something that started with a P and the MXP in there was supposed to be your clue that they were going to increase service to Milan. Oh, whoops. <laughs> and, and believe it or not, that was one of the better and more explainable ones. The UA flight number, they had a, a gate in, I think it was supposed to be Dulles, but like they had the Dulles to Jordan, to Amman Jordan flight. Yeah. They had like, was flight number 15366 or something like that. It was some random five digit number. And I think actually the times on the display were accurate for departure time and arrival time plus one. But you were supposed to know to like multiply it by eight and then divide it by 13 or something. And then that was the distance of the route. And there's no explanation of why you would have had those other numbers at hand that I could figure out. So some was better than others. I, I didn't realize you needed a degree in calculus to figure this. Dude, a degree in calculus would have been easy. This was just making shit up. <laughs> that sounds like a failure in marketing. <laughs> I, I, yes and no. It doesn't matter because everybody was talking about it online. Yeah. I mean, I, I, not everybody, but like enough people were talking about it. It is quality earned media from a marketing perspective, they, they win in that context. And, and I will say that, you know, a lot of people I saw posting all thought the pins on the back of the backpack were like the biggest news. And that's and really they, not, that's not, that, those were like the, the routes that were resuming. Service. Back. Right. Yeah. So, and so that was the thing is like, people were like, Oh, Porto. I was like, I swear they had poor, like as people started naming some of those. I was like, yeah, I didn't bother to look up. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure some of these existed already. And it turns out all of them did at some point. So, yeah. yeah. Um, that, that part of it was a little, I mean, obviously a nod to some of the things like the Milan was increase in service. It's not a new route or maybe Chicago to Milan is a new route, but not a new destination. Um, but anyway, the new destinations are, there were five of them, uh, Palma de Mallorca. Uh, what else we got? Punta Delgado. In the Azores. In the Azores. Palma de Mallorca is in Spain. Um, another Spanish one. Was it's, uh, what is it? It's uh, Tenerife. Tenerife, right. In the Canary Islands. Yeah. Uh, the Jordan route that I just mentioned, Dulles to Amman, yep. and the other Newark route was, I don't remember now. No shit. Um, <laughs> uh, Bergen, 
Bergen, Bergen, Norway. Bergen. Sorry, yeah. I had to. I had to play back the appetizers they served at the uh, route launch announcement party in <laughs> New York City that I went to. They play, they had appetizers from each of the destinations, so I had to remember what Norway was. What was the What was the appetizer from Norway? Uh, much, to dis- what, much to the disappointment, apparently, of you and my friend from Norway who asked about it, it was not lutefisk. It was just little smoked salmon on brown bread. Oh well, darn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make it as, as, as I said to her, and I will now say to you and the rest of our listeners: they actually want people to still show up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um Foz, how do you feel about these any of them like ex- excite you i think the only one that really excites me is aman yeah but the others i mean we'll see if they actually launch it's not you know we're currently in this game of we'll announce all sorts of stuff whether or not it runs is a whole different issue yeah yeah i Unless, I mean, we'll have to see. There would have to be another massive downturn in pandemic-related border closures, I think, for things to revert and, you know, shrink back, which, I mean, who the heck knows? But right now, it doesn't seem terribly likely. I, I would be surprised if they come up with a, an excuse to close borders again, I guess is what I would say. Even if they, that would, that would be a very, very hard change to make. Um, but, Absolutely I mean, agree with you. So I think, they'll, I think most of them will launch. I think this, the most interesting one to me, 737 MAX 8. Tapunta Delgado. Delgado, excuse me. That is an interesting one. No flatbeds. No flatbeds. It's also like, it's a distance-wise, it's the same as Newark to San Francisco, which does have flatbeds, but, you know, for different reasons. The You know, I spoke with uh, Patrick Quayle, uh, who's the senior VP of Alliances and International Routes or something like that. Uh, His comment was basically... It is just, it's backpackers and ethnic travel, he called it, which I guess is a term for VFR or visiting friends and relatives, um, families going home. And it's people who w- weren't going to pay for the flatbed and, you know, for a four and a half hour, even if it is middle of the night flight, five hour flight, you're not going to sell those flatbeds. So, yeah. That, that, and that's, I mean, that's an interesting one, right? Because SATA or now Azores Airlines flies Boston to, I think yep. it's Ponce de Gata and a few other places in the Azores. Um and now you have Newark and Newark. I mean, I think there's actually a decent population of Portuguese Azorian folks in New Jersey. So it's, it's yeah. an interesting. It's an interesting play. Yeah, I, I would expect it to work out pretty well, actually, for them in that context. Also, I mean, a lot of the routes are I think, I'm trying to remember now, I think only Palma de Mallorca was daily. I think the others were all three times weekly, maybe. So hmm. not a huge commitment. Um, and I guess it's a seven six seven to Palma de Mallorca. It has to uh, for range reasons. I think uh, the seven fifty seven is going to uh, Tenerife and Bergen, and then it's a seven eighty seven Dulles to Amman. Seven eight eight. I'm guessing. Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, I'm sorry, all the routes are three X weekly. Okay, maybe. What's and, no, and no, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm correcting myself again. Punta Delgada is daily on the max. So some of these, I mean, as, as part of this announcement too, they also announced some some route deaths um, and, and what some resurrections and resurrections and connecting additional dots. So Newark to Dublin gets a second frequency. Newark to Rome gets a second frequency, and I believe the Rome one is on the High J seven six uh, okay. Dulles to Berlin. O'Hare to Milan and Denver to Munich. Are, those are all daily routes. So the Denver and, to Munich, I was reading uh, somewhere that it is actually replacing the Lufty service because Lufty is down on 350s. Interesting. I was wondering about that because I was like, why would they? I mean, that's a lot of lift from Denver. If you had a 350, yeah. a 78, and then you have the Frankfurt flights, two Frankfurt flights. 
Yeah, so it has to do with uh, Lufty not being able to fly it, so UA is taking it over. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, you know, right, this is the retired day 380s, and that was backfilling and whatever. Yep. Yeah. Started retiring the 380s, yeah. Um, and then there's all the other routes that previously were announced but didn't launch because of the pandemic. So San Francisco, Bangalore, uh, still on the plans, but now May 26th is the launch date. Uh, Newark to Nice will launch in April. And I think, uh, what's their name? La Compagnie is still planning on launching that next summer. And they're all business A321LR as well. Uh, second daily Newark to Frankfurt, which also might be a high J config. Uh, Chicago to Zurich, which I'm almost starting as high J. And the Haneda service really picks up in the summer 2022 schedule, which starts March 26. And that's Dulles, Los Angeles, and Newark move over to Haneda. Um, I mean, I didn't realize this at the time. And one of my readers pointed it out. O'Hare to Haneda had already started. So, and, and is Japan going to be open by then? Hard to say. Yeah. Actually, they've actually been, uh, picking up vaccination rate pretty quickly. So I think they could, it's just yep. a matter of what their risk tolerance is. Right. I mean, the Olympics in China are supposed to be like spectator free, but three months later, IATA expects to have a major meeting or four months later expects to have their annual general meeting in Shanghai, so who knows? So, so the the Winter Olympics in China are supposed yeah. to be spectator free. That's what I read somewhere. Huh. Okay. Um, and then the cut routes, as you mentioned, uh, San Francisco, to Dublin, and Newark to both Manchester and Glasgow will not be running in summer twenty two. Now, I'm I am I am I just want to comment on these. I am surprised San Francisco Dublin isn't isn't making it. Really? Yeah. I mean, general. I mean, Google had office has a big office. I guess with remote yeah. work. It's kind of killed it, but they have a huge Dublin office, and you know, of course, they're headquartered in San Francisco Bay Area. Um, and then Apple has a big Dublin office as well. So I'm just surprised that it couldn't be sustained. Yeah, I I, it probably has more to do with it's not getting the premium revenue. Yeah, yeah. And Aer Lingus is relaunching its route uh, for like four weeks over the winter, and then taking a break in January, and then bringing it back later in the spring. So, and that's like four times weekly. But it, I mean, the whole you know long haul international travel and increased remote work if it's just going to visit another office to like talk to other people you already work with we've definitely seen more of that i think more of that is going to be replaced by mm-hmm. video call and stuff versus going to visit customers and right i think that the amount of business travel will come back slowly you know relatively slowly and especially on the long haul stuff but the type of travel is going to shift yeah bergen is another interesting one especially killing glasgow and what was the other one manchester manchester They've always struggled with Norway and the Nordics in general. United has. Right? Yeah. Like 752s flying to different spots, o- Stockholm, Oslo. Uh, but they brought, they're bringing Stockholm back. Yeah. That's what I don't, I mean, but they've always struggled with it, right? Like they've talked about killing it and then not killing it. And it's just weird. Well, at one point it was an oil route. Yeah. Right. And that has since stopped. And so, I mean, they do well in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the point at this, you know, right now, what it really looks like for these routes is it's all where can we get peak summer traffic? It's, it has nothing to do with sort of more traditional business. That's why they're all less frequent. That's why they're all um, arguably smaller planes. But yeah, yeah I think but, I think I think like Foz, I'm most interested in the Amman flight mm-hmm. just because of, of the I mean, the destination. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to go to Jordan. Um and it's a cool line. Yeah. Uh, the others, I mean, Ponta de God is awesome. Maybe we'll finally get to go there as a group again since our, we had our failed attempt. Uh, yes, the January hurricane. Yes. Uh, the fate The fate did not align for us, I guess. Um, 
I mean, maybe it's for the better. I didn't get stuck on another island with you guys. So, um, <laughs> where's your sense of adventure? <laughs> so, but I mean, uh, the others, I'm not. I, I like I t- posted on Twitter, Tenerife, Palma de Mallorca. All like, all that fills my head is like stag and hen parties and a lot of drunken Brits. Well, see, I think Palma de Mallorca, Palma de Mallorca is going to be more drunken Germans. You think so? Isn't that didn't wasn't Lufthansa running a seven four eight down there? Oh yeah, I mean they're all like running know. crazy. I'm just saying, they, yeah. you know, in Tenerife would be more Brit, but or less blended at least. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, no no offense to our British friends, but uh, there's you know there is a reason you know when we go to these places, it's sometimes drunken stag parties. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm. I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, these are awesome routes." But to me, it's anyway. Okay. Yeah. And you know the places you want. You know, here's the thing, Stephen. They they talked a lot about finding hip, cool places to visit for the next summer. And since you already are, live in Hipsterville, maybe you don't need hip places to visit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're just going to book and cancel the trips. Oh, shut up. <laughs> um, it's been a while. I, I know. I haven't had a chance to do that. Um, I haven't. Uh, I, I, the Haneda routes interest me as well. Like them actually starting up is, is I think, a good thing. Um, and I'm interested to see if they actually launch. But they will. We'll yeah. We'll see. Um, Alitalia. Let's talk about them. Not dead, dead yet. Oh, they're oh dead. yeah. Well, but not dead yet. Like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Yes. ITA Airlines. Uh, actually, it sounds like Alitalia spent or ITA spent ninety million euro of Italian government money to buy the Alitalia brand from the Italian government in a different account, um, and apparently isn't going to use the name going forward. It's fascinating to me. So they bought it, but are just going to continue using ITA? But are also using the AZ code and the Alitalia call sign with air traffic control? Allegedly, they bought the name so no one else can use it. Which, like, I would say it's money laundering, except they're just, it's like the government's wasting money on itself. So I don't understand it all. Maybe they listened to the podcast and they didn't want us getting it? Uh, Yeah, but that's why they thought that's why they put the rule in that you had to be an actual airline. Oh, maybe they didn't get that memo. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it, 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 that we aren't one or that they are um <laughs> both <laughs> you know it's also like it's a new, it's an interesting new livery it's a blue plane instead of white so that'll be and like a crazy weird stripe on the tail i don't know it's it's interesting but yeah it is dead except the parts where it isn't um which i find amusing and then you know new loyalty program apparently they're matching anyone and their brother to the status if you want it but they can't uh they can't bring across like points and credits from the old Mile Miglia, whatever Mile Miglia mm-hmm. uh, program, because that was one of the specific restrictions the European government or the EU EC European Court or whatever um, the regulators there put on it to say that it really has to be a new company. You can't take all your customers over with you. So I was talking to a, a buddy who has five million miles flown on Alitalia over the years, and like, yeah, done that lifetime wow. status. Poof. That was a so, poor life choice. Now yeah, I mean he lives there, so. But um, yeah, he uh, yeah, he got screwed a little bit there. But apparently, uh, the status at least for a little while longer is useful on Air France KLM and one other airline. I don't know. So is they are they like no longer partners with Delta and stuff because it is a new airline or how does that work? That's something I haven't quite figured out. Like Alitalia is still listed as a Sky Team partner, but Alitalia sort sort of doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So it's very hard to figure out. You know, I think everyone was assuming that it would still just be uh, Alitalia, so no one needed to change any of the names. 
And but like, do all those contracts come over? Do they have to be renegotiated because it's a new airline? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very weird uh, situation right now because of that. So I don't know. It's this could very well be that like we've joked all along that I'll tell you will never die, and it didn't. But uh, maybe it sort of did. Yeah, I'll tell you still listed as a Sky Miles partner. Uh, no, no earn, no mileage to earn for I'll tell you flights departing on after October fifteenth until further notice. <laughs> So uh, they are trying that the partner contract did, in fact, die when the airline died. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So there you go. I'm glad I looked. I mean, it's kind of a shocker to people, I think, if they're not paying attention. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I I, know, I definitely know someone who was like, should I book an Alitalia flight now? It's cheaper and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, for, for an international flight next spring, I was like, I mean. They have enough money right now from their initial funding that they should still be in business by next spring. It's after that that you might, you know, two years, three years from now, you might have to start worrying. But the initial funding should be plenty. Yeah. So. Um, now, did they? Um, I lost my thought. <laughs> it's been one of those days. Well, do All you want right. to talk about? You want to talk about some seven eighty seven issues then? Because no. those are always fun. Really? Does yeah. it involve Rolls Royce? No. Oh wow. <laughs> It's a little surprising, honestly. I mean, but this is components in like the fuselage or something, right? It was yeah, it's it's like a third party vendor, right? With yeah, it was like a fourth party vendor. It's it's weird. Leonardo, which is a major sort of sort of sub assembly company, uh, was the supplier that delivered like the fuselage sections, but one of its suppliers, which was also officially Boeing approved and everything else apparently made some pieces that weren't to spec. And so there's concerns about the, I guess the uh, structural integrity of pieces of the fuselage or something like that, or how it's attached to the frame. So I guess my biggest question is, do they, do they know where these parts are and which planes they're in? They believe they do. Um, it's a relatively newer aircraft. I think like only over the past three years. Okay. Interesting. Is this centric to the planes from South Carolina or both? Both. Cause it's from a sub supplier. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, the last couple of years, I mean, the, the part, I think they actually finally started deliveries again, which was a big deal because they had stopped for so long. Um, so I think October actually had a 787 delivery finally, but who the hell knows if that's going to keep going at this point because all of these issues and like, what is it going to take to backfill and clean and fix them? Are the, are the airlines having to f- pull them out of service? No, not yet. Interesting. Okay. So there's no been, there's been no AD or anything from the FAA. Not that I've seen. I mean, we would. I think we would have heard if there was that many grounded, just because the. I mean, United's got a bunch that are that new. Yeah, a bunch of airlines do. So that's wild. Um, so is this third party vendor on the hook then to fix it? You think, or is it is it Boeing is on the hook to go in and fix everything, or do we know? I don't know. Yeah, oh. I mean, I imagine Boeing's going to take the responsibility. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Ultimately, happen. Boeing's on the hook, and then if they can go back and I guess like try to claim it from the sub sub vendor. Uh, I'm sure they'll try, but who the hell knows how that's going to work. Yeah. So, yeah, not great. Very not great. Um, but, you know, it seems to be sort of the way things are for Boeing these days. I mean, heck, like, former employee indicted. Did I put that on the, I didn't put that on the topic list. No. Tell us but, more. Uh, former chief test pilot, criminal indictment for the max deaths. And he's, he's saying he's not guilty, right? Oh yeah. And his, uh, attorney has put out a public plea for everybody else who knows that he's just being made into a scapegoat to come forward and share how it really was, you know, Boeing management that forced this to happen. Can't it be both? Yes. (laughs) 
Um, I was actually, I was a little surprised when I originally read the, because right back in January, Boeing signed a uh, deferred prosecution agreement as a company and paid an extra quarter billion dollars to avoid prosecution. And I thought that covered the people as well. And it turns out it does not. Hmm. So it would, it would be a shame if only the chief test pilot uh, were punished for this, considering for him to be able to do it would, would necessarily require that like, other in man, others in management would have to be sort of complicit as well. Yeah, in my mind. Yeah, if they truly make him out to be the scapegoat, right? Then I think that's a disservice to the people uh, and their families. Yeah, um, just because then, it, it paints Boeing as just you know they're just a, a casual viewer of all this and they didn't had no idea. Right, and and the statements I've seen thus far from representatives of the family is basically that don't don't let this guy just be the scapegoat. It was way bigger than just him. Yeah, well, good for them. Yeah. Um, LaGuardia Air Train is dead. I'm a fan of that. Really? You are? I hated the Air Train. The LaGuardia Air Train was stupid. It went the wrong direction. It was going to connect to the wrong subway line. It was designed to only carry like 500 people a day or something like that at peak. Like that was going to be considered successful. Wait, 500 people a day? It was some absurdly low number. How does that even fi- make financial sense to put it in? I have no answer for that. Um. Okay. Yeah. So it was bad. Re- refresh my refresh my memory. What was the subway line it was going to connect to? It was going to connect to the seven train okay. at uh, Shea Stadium at City Field oh. slash Will uh, Willits Point. So it wasn't even an express stop, um, but it was. I mean, that's the closest seven train station to LaGuardia, but it was going sort of further away from Manhattan. And then you get on the train, and then I guess you could transfer at Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue, which is arguably where it should have gone just on its own and where the express buses go today. Or once you got into Manhattan transfer at other stations, uh, Grand Central or Penn Station, I guess, um, or Fifth Avenue, Sixth Avenue. But yeah, um, yeah, it just, it was a bad design. Like when you looked at the analysis of it and what, what they were trying to make happen, it was the number of people who it would benefit and would have a shorter trip time was disastrously low. Um, it was the, the and it was basically uh, Cuomo really wanted this air train and had his team eliminate all of the other options. So, uh, <laughs> so this was like the only one that could work, and it basically um, it, uh, the new governor Hockel Hockley I forget what her name is um, has now said uh, she's suspended the work while it's uh, being rebuilt. Oh, sorry. Three to five million passengers annually. So a thousand a day. A thousand. It's still low to me. And that seems like a uh, round trip. <laughs> so 500 each way. Yeah. The analysis. Yeah. It, it, there's no, there was never a plan for a 30 minute ride to Manhattan. It, the whole, the, this is great. One of the quotes, the purpose and need for the proposed action is not defined as reducing travel time. Travel time was not analyzed as part of the alternative screening process. <laughs> WTF? Yeah, and only 40% of the travelers would use the 7 train. More than half would, they said, would come in via the Long Island Railroad, but the reality is would drive and park at the garages out there, or the lots out there, and then connect in. Or maybe not, right? If you're going to Penn, it'd be far faster to go there and take a LAR if you're going to the west side. Yeah, I I, I have that had that debate frequently from uh, when I took the JFK air train, which, don't get me wrong, isn't great, but is way better than what this was going to be. Um, and it 
the time savings between uh, Jamaica and Penn Station was about 12 to 15 minutes. So if you had to transfer anyways, you generally lost that. Well, I'm thinking like, I mean, that's the only upside though of it being Matt's will at point, right? Is that you can, you can go to the LIWR station, either, either that or just to the seven train. Cause they're, right. they're, they're so close to each other. It's a shared space. Yeah. Um, and that was the theory, but it's like, it's also, it's like the wrong LIWR line. It's only the, mm. like it's the, it's the, it's the, I forget which the Port Jeff It's the Port Jeff line, right? It's the, like, it doesn't, it doesn't go all the way out onto Long Island and it doesn't connect any other trains like Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I don't know if there was a good option, right? I mean, the express bus down to Jackson Heights, mm-hmm. what is that? Roosevelt Avenue I, I, to me makes the most sense, but I, how are you going to put an air train there? Uh, how about a bus lane and enforce access and just let the buses I'm, run more frequently. I'm with you. I'm with you, but that gives you access to what? Three, three lines there. Uh, you can do the seven, the Q, not the Q, uh, the yeah. R, um, the C, yeah, the E, the E is the there, e, the, the E, the F, and the M. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that just well, that's a ton of access to Manhattan. Yeah, and further into Brooklyn and Queens. So I don't know, crazy. So I mean, what's the plan going forward? They, they abandon this, and do we get a? Do we get anything else? They're gonna have to try to figure something else out. They haven't decided yet. Yeah. More buses. <laughs> Honestly, the buses were with you know a decent bit of. Uh, if they could put a protective bus line in, it would actually be really nice. There's also like some really stupid stuff about um, in like picking it. Uh, like the d- design guidelines require that no disruption could occur on the BQE at all ever during construction, even temporary. Like no temporary loss of a lane, no temporary loss of parking spaces anywhere along the path. It was like it was so bizarrely structured in the evaluation that uh on the bqe or on the grand central actually on the grand i'm sorry on the grand central okay because i was gonna say wasn't gonna touch the bqe no i'm sorry i get those always did when i lived there too but get those mixed up sometimes so i mean that would be a cluster to disrupt that though that that is a nasty intersection on the best of days but I mean, t- but you're trying to build something that's going to hopefully move more people. But then again, would it, <laughs> based on the data they had, probably not. <laughs> well, the, but remember, a large portion of the traffic, the traffic that would be going east from the airport would be in a car, it would not be taking a train. The only traffic would be removing from that road would be westbound. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, though, they say more than half the traffic is going to take the LIRR. So some of that will be into Manhattan, but I think they assume some would be outbound. I yeah, think that's but- a stupid assumption, but. I'm sure, like, if you live in Port Jeff or something, you might consider it if you're at the true rush hour. But yeah. other than that, you're, it'll always be faster to grab an Uber. And if your company is paying, most people don't care. Yeah. I mean, if you if you told me, right, maybe this is because me personally, my my New York experience. If you told me I could take a bus to Dittmar's, Dittmar's Boulevard in Astoria mm-hmm. and get on the queue, that's perfect for me. Like, I would be ecstatic. Um but I don't think you can do that, right? Like, there's, I have to go down to Jackson Heights, then come in. And so there was transfer. the uh, M60. Mm-hmm. Was the one is the one that comes across 125th Street, mm-hmm. and I thought it goes to, I thought it touches that Dittmar Station, but maybe not. I don't know if it does anymore. Yeah, it might, it might have. Yeah, um, um, but the problem is just that little drive from JFK from LaGuardia to Astoria could be 20, 30 minutes on Dittmar's Boulevard. Yeah, because it is backed up and it is people cutting through and yeah yeah and 
I will again say you know, that listen, New York City has plenty of trouble with enforcing useful traffic rules and expecting any of it to get better in a way that might actually you know be useful to people who use mass transit or uh, bicycles is pretty silly to assume might happen. But a bus lane kind of works. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of like a bike lane, right? When people are yeah, biking. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, usually the police officers. Anyways. Uh, what else we got for uh, before you before you lose your mind? Uh, Ryanair is blocking chargeback customers. This one was hysterical to me. This so sounds spicy. Yeah, right. So Ryanair says we have a strict no refunds policy, and passengers who had a flight where they couldn't travel because like the border was closed and they couldn't get in, but the flight operated anyways. I think is the subset uh, requested a chargeback from their credit card companies, uh, and the credit card companies in many cases honored it. And Ryanair said, okay, that's cool, but you can't fly with us anymore. That's ballsy. It, because the flight operated, I can almost understand, but it's still a, I mean, that's a, it's a bold move, you know, I, I, bold, bold move cotton. Let's see how it plays out for them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to understand like, okay, it operated, but with who on it, the crew and presumably people traveling the other direction, or maybe people, it was people going back home to the. People who are resident, yeah, people who are citizen of the other place. Yeah. I mean, it's the rule. Remember, like the rules were all super crazy and in flux, and no one knew what the hell was going on with any of it. So uh, it was challenging to figure all that out. But you know, operating the flight, but not letting, and I guess in some cases Ryanair allowed some changes, but not all, and definitely not actual refunds. So not <laughs> great. But yeah, to telling them, and like, but also apparently didn't tell people that they were uh, blocked from flying unless they paid up until very close to departure. So like they let them just book the ticket and then later bother to inform them. So they can file another charge pack. I guess. I don't know. It's like that's, and I guess it's either that or hoping that they sort of had them on the hook and we're like, yeah, you, if you want to fly, which now you find they can actually go on holiday and you know, you want to. So we're going to, you know, pitch over a barrel here. Wow. Yeah. That part, I that part I have a little less respect for. Like if you want to tell people they can't fly with you and you're going to enforce that rule. Cool. But like do that from, the get go, yeah, yeah, that has to be illegal in some ways. You think? We huh. shall see. Ryanair is based in Ireland, right? Yes, right, headquartered, I guess, or incorporated in. Yes, yeah, and it has subsidiary airlines elsewhere around the continent. But yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to see if people will take it to the EU. Yeah, and and do some, have something done about it. That's... I think they have at least Buzz and Malta Air or buzzes in Poland, I think, and. Bet you can guess where Malta Air is based. Um, are two other like subsidiary operations that are part of the Ryanair conglomerate. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, short haul air tax is coming to Belgium. This is happening. Seems to be a lot of places lately. It's been a lot of discussion about it, whether it's a tax or just an outright ban on the flying. Um, this one is, I think, five hundred kilometers is the radius. Which mm-hmm. okay, sure, fine. Uh, that would include London. So it's kind of amusing because, you know, you have to cross the body of water to get there. There is the Eurotrain, uh, whatever, the channel and what's it called? Euro, Eurostar? No, Eurostar. Eurostar, yep. Um, sorry, my words aren't working this evening, apparently. Or my brain. Uh, <laughs> so there's Eurostar. So there is sort of some option other than uh, flying, but that one's a little harder for me to process. But like, you know, Belgium to or Brussels to Amsterdam, Brussels to Paris, like that, I could sort of see trying to uh, encourage people to take the reasonably frequent and reasonably comfortable high-speed trains that, avail- that are available right in the airport. Yeah. 
No, I, I get that. I think that's the same. You know, I, I think the London is a little crazy. Um, some of the ones that some of the European routes that or some of the, I guess, central European routes that take multiple connections or things like that, but they're still within this 500 kilometer range. That could suck. Yeah. Um, where you could get a nonstop flight out of Brussels or something. So, uh, I mean, I get it. Uh, it, uh, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. This, is, this always comes back to one of those things that I struggle with a little bit, just in terms of like how the industry works. And there is to a limited extent, some cooperation between, especially in Europe nowadays, between airlines and national rail services, right? You yeah. can on Swiss, you can connect to Swiss rail and you got, you know, reasonable connections across the country very small country, right? Lufthansa or really almost any airline has options to connect with Deutsche Bahn. Like there are some things like that that exist, but it, all those companies have to make money. And so none of them really want to share the traffic. Whereas if you get socialist and say, no, we're actually providing infrastructure and transportation here and the profit matters a little less, you could almost make an argument that it makes more sense to like sort of force some of those connections and make sure that they all have enough money to operate them. But it's a, and it would be probably more efficient. It would be a better use of the limited airspace resources. It would actually help accomplish many of the decarbonization goals that the airlines talk about a bunch these days and things like that, but also doesn't work in the free market, Not no government interference. Thank you very much, Italy, for funding yet another airline with another one and a half billion euros that might or may not be illegal um, <laughs> concept that we te- seem to be fighting against. Yeah, I- yeah, I mean, I get it. I, I think it's also it's free market, but I th- there has to be some kind of if if the airlines wanted to actually ma- if that service was actually profitable, right? Let's say Brussels to Paris, if it was actually profitable, they would they would probably fly it more often. I think I think if I looked but, at if if but, you looked at uh, go ahead, I was going to say how many people are doing that as an O and D versus a connection, right? Think about all yeah. the African flights that Brussels flies. You don't have a lot of options to fly other carriers for some of those places. So it might just be a connection. And I presume that this doesn't apply to connections. Um, so like, I don't, I honestly don't know. Um, in the, in the ones in France where they were trying to do a similar thing and preventing those flights from Orly to anything within, you know, two and a half hours on the TGV, uh, it was explicitly O and D was prohibited, but connections were acceptable. The problem with that is that for the airline to fill a plane profitably, it often required both OND and connecting traffic. And that's one of the challenges of a hub operation is you need both. And so, okay, fine. The, you know, the onward connections from Paris to Brussels to Lome or wherever in Africa are great. But if, you know, you're only ever half filling the plane with those and the other half is, you know, local traffic and now you lose the other half, do you find a smaller plane? Do you cut frequencies? If you cut frequencies, you no longer have, you know, useful connections. And so that becomes less competitive. And now maybe those people are going to end up connecting in Istanbul or Amsterdam or Madrid. Like it's, there are cascading effects of decisions like that. And that goes back again to my, you know, if it could sort of be coordinated, but they could still compete, that would be nice. But, you know, wasn't similar there, or not export is gone. So we probably shouldn't bring it back. Was there a, wasn't there a, an announcement that there was somewhere cutting those flights altogether? Like short flights like that, France. Like just like they're getting rid of them. Like you, it was France. It was France. France did it for O and D traffic. I think Amsterdam was trying to block them outright. Actually, the Netherlands. And and that's what I was gonna say. It was like okay, so it doesn't even matter if it's O and D or connecting, right? Like that's, those flights just don't exist. If you're going to uh, Africa and you want to fly Brussels Air or 
you know, uh, any of the uh, down there, right. you better take the train down yep. to Brussels. Yep. Um, and so Am- Am- and Amsterdam Brussels is, from what I recall, has been a published train route for a long time. Yeah. Like, oh, and it's quick. Yeah. yeah. Relatively quick. So, but I mean, it, it just makes things, I mean, it makes things interesting. Could you imagine if we did that in the United States? Like, had useful rail infrastructure? Yeah. And you're, you're, you know, if you were flying from Podunk, Nebraska uh, to somewhere international, you had to take a train. I, I think people might lose their minds. Well, it's a much bigger country, right? That's the way you have to I'm just, I'm just giving you crap, Foz. No, I, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I took the train in the U.S. last week. It was great until the conductor threatened me. Threatened you? Taking, Tell us taking, more. Taking video, making a video out the back window. I thought you. Oh my god. Yeah. Suggested I was, you know, more or less implying I was a terrorist. It was great. So you get asked, you get asked why you're taking photos on a Novello flight. And you'd say you're a journalist, and then you get told, "Well, that's strange." And yeah. then this, this guy just came up and was like, "Hardcore, stop! You can't do that. You can take still pictures, but not videos." I'm like, "What if it's still pictures thirty times a second? Is that cool?" But I, <laughs> I, was, um, I obviously didn't do that. But goodness, did I want to? Um, I'm trying to think though. That's like the fourth or fifth different place uh, mode of conveyance I've been told taking pictures on is illegal. What, what are you? Were you? I've got a pretty good collection of those now. Were you like taking it on your phone? Yeah. The uh, I was in the very last car, and so I had an, it had an open window, like a clean, a clean window, in fact, looking out the back of the train, and it was you know northeast. Leaves are changing. We're moving a hundred miles an hour through the countryside on a reasonably pretty section of track, and I was making a time lapse. He's like, "No, you can recognize sections of the track." I'm like, "Uh huh." Oh, what's your point? And... <laughs> Like as opposed to the Google satellite view that provides the exact same level of detail, I'm basically able to deliver. Um, anyway, wow, good times. Yeah, he was he was he was pretty cool. And then I was like, you know, I'm actually like your your company website says that as a passenger on the train, I'm allowed to take pictures and video. It's like I didn't tell you to stop. It's like cool. That's what he said. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he started with stop. <laughs> well, this is a separate. When he came back later, I was like, you know, I'm actually allowed to do this, right? And he's like, I didn't tell you to stop. Okay. I, I, uh, anyway, um, the owner of the JW Marriott in Phuket is suing Marriott. Yeah, it don't, turns out. What is, it, isn't, there, isn't there like a phrase, like, don't bite the hand that feeds you? That kind of thing? Yeah, but, you know, apparently Marriott has been abusing its relationship with the company in terms of putting other uh, properties too close to it and using it as a uh, way to sell the loyalty program, but not compensating the company enough for reward nights redeemed and silly little things like that. And more lawsuits are coming. More, more claims will be filed from the same hotel or from different, from the same ownership, from the same ownership group. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, is this is this just like some kind of like money grab from Phuket and Thailand being closed for so long? I would say that I mean the loyalty programs have been abusing, particularly in the hotel arena, the hotels. Right, they've assumed all the liability, and I wouldn't be surprised if you know. I think they haven't done much for the hotels, yeah, because they've been insulated. So they're they're not taken care of when people redeem their points. They're not taking care of the hotel in a reasonable manner. Yeah, and I mean you know there's. There's a mishmash of expectation as far as benefits, so God knows what people are doing when they get to the hotel, what benefits they're demanding. Yeah. And that also, the hotel takes the heat for it, even though it's a program that's opted not to pay for them. Hmm. Fascinating. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. It's weird. (laughs) Uh, It's just, I mean, I get get what Faz is saying, but at the same time, like, what 
what would you are you are you suggesting then Foz, that people like guests going to the hotel are demanding you know lounge access or meals or whatever and that's not what they're that's not actually what marriott is promising or is marriott promising those things but then not compensating the hotel marriott might not be making it clear like with Hyatt's pretty straightforward, right? They're, they've reduced amenities clearly, but there's a, every hotel I've been at in the last 18 months, they'll very much lay out, we're not doing this, this, and this, but we're doing this to make up for it. Mm. Right? The times I've stayed at a Marriott, it's just like, here's your keys, have a good day. Yeah. Oh, you got to have a good day out of them? Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, look, I actually haven't had a particularly bad stay in the last 18 months anywhere, but there has definitely been a lot of, we're not doing any of these things, you know, Good luck ordering pound, out. Pound, pound sand. Yeah, just shit. like good luck. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had a particularly bad stay, but Hyatt has been much more warm when it, when you arrive versus any of the Marriott brands. Hmm. I think the only Marriott we stayed at was in, or I've stayed at, is the one we stayed at in Burbank, Seth. Yeah, uh, and there was nothing. I, I mean, I never even talked to anybody because I did the, all, the phone app. <laughs> so um, interesting, though. I mean, it's it's a good point, Foz, is that it could just be that the hotels are getting screwed by Marriott corporate and not being given clear direction on what, on what they should, shouldn't be doing. I want to say this isn't the first lawsuit against one of the hotel companies. I feel like there've been a few now from hotel operators. Mm. So I don't think this is a one off. Yeah. One, one thing I was going to say about Phuket is it's actually opening to all vaccinated tourists as of October 2nd. I don't know if we brought that up on a previous show. Um, It already has opened up. It's opened up. Yeah. And I know Ty was doing a bunch of nonstop point-to-point flying straight there, so you didn't have to quarantine in Bangkok. Yep. And I think Thailand itself is uh, starting to loosen up its requirements, and some of it's like the the quarantine for non-vaccinated travelers is down to like a week or something. Uh, So, interesting. I'm still a little hesitant to go to Asia and get stuck there. So, (laughs) I want to go, but I can't go. Um, Last up, Sun Country. What is this? Routes and Rides. Buffalo, Burlington, Charleston, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Spokane, Vancouver. All coming next year. To Minneapolis, I'm guessing? To Minneapolis, yeah. Uh, twice weekly. It's uh, an eclectic collection of destinations, shall we say. Uh, yeah, that's one way to put it. <laughs> uh, Vancouver's a big deal, crossing the border. Yeah. Um, it is interesting that... Both Sun Country and JetBlue, which both historically did not do Canadian flights, are both choosing Vancouver as the place they're going to start. Well, Vancouver has very high yields. Yeah. Got to do it. Uh, makes up for some of the, you know, you can charge more, which makes up for the fact that the taxes in Canada are generally higher. Right. Which hurts the low-cost carriers or folks trying to sell budget fares. Um, yeah, it's an interesting set of routes. I, I don't know. It's... None of them do anything personally for me, but I guess maybe if I would go visit my parents in Florida, I could take the Jacksonville route. I don't know. You're not going to go fly running to Sun Country? I, I have tried many times to make it work in my schedule, and the connection, like LA to, Minneapolis, L.A. to Minneapolis to Boston or New York usually involved an overnight in Minneapolis. Is that how their network is pretty much built? Is, is it's that... a lot of point-to-point flying. Uh, I got you. I mean, it are... O&D travel, right? It's there. I think that the number of connecting passengers they bring is relatively low compared to sort of like a JetBlue, mm. right? Where, if I remember correctly, I mean, obviously the numbers have all changed, but in in the before times, JetBlue, even when things were running great, was like maybe twenty percent connections, never an eighty percent O&D. Whereas Delta or any of the other legacies were way higher number of connecting passengers. Well, in the case of Sun Country, depending on when you fly them, it might just be D and no O. 
<laughs> and you're, I, you're still pretty hung I, up on that flight where they canceled it and then didn't pick anybody up, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm the, hey, and man, I'm the smug. Over. Sorry. I'm the smug, sarcastic one. <laughs> Listen, yeah. boss, the season ended. What do you want from me? I, I know. Plane has uh, to come back, but we're not going to bring anyone back. Well, and, and to be so, clear, Vancouver, right, on Sun Country was originally supposed to start in May of 2020, and it got canceled because of COVID. Okay. So that, that's, that's why they're now starting it back up. I, I think I think Delta's going to have a field day with them, but they don't seem to be winning. Okay. You, so the way you just, you know, generally that phrase is used to describe someone showing up and beating the shit out of the other person, and I don't think it's happening that way. I, I feel I, like I feel like Delta's trying, but then they just really? don't. I don't know. I think I, the Delta, some country is nothing more than an ankle biter. Mm. They, they are really small. Like twice a week to half dozen destinations isn't going to matter enough. Yeah, but, and uh, I'm guessing Delta doesn't care about low yield. No, I mean, they, okay. look, most people like Minneapolis like, before Delta was Northwest, right? Some country's been around for a long time, and it has been the fortress hub for a long time, and their yields are crazy out of that. Yeah. And it's, you know, sure, so let someone come in. I mean, even Southwest flies there, but Delta doesn't really see much of an impact. Yeah. And I will say it's inter- it has been interesting to watch Sun Country sort of continue to expand. And, can, you know, they've also started doing cargo flying for um, Amazon and some other stuff. But, you know, maybe they get to start, you know, they are continuing to grow. Maybe they get to be big enough that Delta has to start paying attention. But uh, it's interesting. Where do they fly out of in Saint, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul? Humphrey Terminal. Oh, the really? Other, the other terminal, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the remote one or the. No, the remote one. Yeah, the one where Southwest flies out of, not oh, okay. the main terminal. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so the, the other thing I put in there, though, is the rides part of this. And this is actually mm-hmm. more interesting to me. They're going to start selling uh, an option for uh, SUV to take you to or from your house as okay. part of the trip. Okay. So, like, United has, was it Uberlink in the app, and, like, some other airlines have done similar types of things. JetBlue has an option to book with Groundlink, which is sort of a nationwide reseller of car services. But this is going to be one where you get in the car at the, you know, at your house in an SUV. They drive you to the terminal. They handle your bags from there on. Uh, You go straight to the security checkpoint. uh, And... Added bonus, as long as you have booked them, if you get stuck in traffic or anything, it's considered a protected connection. That's that's probably the best feature. <laughs> yeah. But what they don't say is you have to, you know, start your, you have, they have to schedule to arrive at the airport three hours in advance. So you actually are oh, like, crap. I mean, and I don't know what the actual time is, but like, I'm thinking super shuttle, like, yes, my flight is at 10. Okay, good. We'll pick you up at two. Like, no. <laughs> that's the only way I can guarantee we'll get you to the airport on time. I, I literally, when I like book my, my I'm, the airport's 20 minutes from my house. Yeah. If I, I literally book it so that I'm at boarding, like I'm going through security when they start boarding. Yeah. That, that's how I book my, my, my car rides. Which, which is great. I'm right up until the point that like you hit 15 minutes of traffic. So that's, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. No. It's just like, I don't want to go anyways. <laughs> I didn't um, want to go that bad. If the traffic's that bad. I don't wanna yeah. Go. It's the other interesting thing is it's actually in partnership with Landline, who's the company that runs the buses for them. So the other <laughs> sort of smaller, many, uh, Minnesota towns. So, so can we talk? I mean, this is this is basically like some countries becoming Emirates, right? I mean, it's limo like service. Emirates. Yeah, it's like limo service. Oh, I wouldn't quite call it like Emirates. <laughs> It'd be bizarro Emirates. <laughs> That's a bit of a stretch. They'll have service to Baton Rouge before Emirates does. That is, but true. not on a 380. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe I'll switch it to a 777X. It's cool. Yeah. 
Um, so for our for our Patreon subscribers, we got a couple of topics coming up, uh, including some uh, American Airlines JetBlue reciprocity issues uh, and some Air Canada uh, jacking up of qualifications uh, due to uh, increased demand. We'll call it. Um, so if you're a Patreon, Patreon subscriber, just stick around for that. If not, uh, you can become a Patreon subscriber. Uh, but if you don't want to do that, this is the end of the show. And we thank you for listening. And you can follow us on Twitter at dots lines, more dots, more lines.com. Uh, until next time, happy travels. Take care. Catch you next time.